Well, here we are. Here we are. 100,000 watts of award-winning radio excellence coming your way. I haven't won any awards now. Don't get me wrong. I, I just happen to be. I, I'm saying that because my, 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 the crew I'm a part of has been winning awards here lately. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and you can get the podcast at uh, the on, on the free Odyssey app. And then I'm with you everywhere you go. And I've got another podcast going up there shortly. Goodness gracious. Looking at the Republican lineup, the, the key thing here is we got to stop looking at these guys as personalities and simply look and say, we got to beat the Democrats and we got to win the White House. Okay. Now, on the text line, over the course of time, I have seen various things pop up. You know, first of all, the election's fixed and there's just no way we can win. That still doesn't mean we don't show up. Uh, I, I've seen all the various uh, investments in the various personalities that are out there, and my my be my best advice to anybody is never get so invested in any one of these people because they're not heroes. Trump is not a hero. DeSantis is not a hero. Haley Hutchison, uh, you know Christie, all these guys that have thrown their hats in the ring for Republican, they're not heroes. They're opportunists. Now, looking at them in that fashion, then we what we want is we want someone who can. First of all, the, the, the primary process is basically like an elimination cage match. And whoever comes out of that on top, they are bruised and battered, but conditioned, ready to go into the race in the general. And this is a th because the general is going to be, uh, first of all, there's going to be more observations going on in this election coming up in 2024 than we've ever seen before in our lives. And we need to be doing that. And if they start putting stuff up on the windows to try to shield us from being able to see what they do, we just go up there and tear it off the windows. If they say we can't come in, if they kick people out, then we we surround the building. We surround the building. We're going to have to take certain steps as activist citizens. That is, there's going to be a, it's going to be sort of a, you know, scary for some people to do. I understand that. But what about the people who would be president? Now, DeSantis right now is in strong second. I've been accused very much here on the uh, that I am very biased towards Trump. Um, I'm, I'm not, not actually, excuse me, <coughs> I'm not actually biased towards him. What I am is I like the way he performed when he was president. I'm not real happy with the way he's performing right now simply because uh, he's given way a little bit to his ego. And I do not doubt his patriotism at all. And I do not doubt his desire to upend the deep state at all. And I don't doubt that he could do it if he gets the right people to help him do it. I, I don't doubt that he has the will. But there's a, there, there are a few question marks in there. So... One thing, everybody, the other thing I see is that a lot of people are like, okay, so what if we vote Trump in and he wins the primary, then they put him in jail. Then we don't even have anybody to run against him. Well, you got to look at this like a, and this is going to have to be approached by the RNC in the same way, which this is where Ron McDaniel sinks or swims, I think. She's already sunk. I, I don't even know why I'm saying that. This is where maybe she resurrects herself. Um, 
we're going to have to have a plan B. In any military engagement, nobody is getting out there saying, we only have this one plan, we're all in, it's all or nothing. In a military operation, when you're going in, you also have a plan on what you're going to do to get out. You have a plan on what to do when your first course of action doesn't work, but the second course of action doesn't work, but the third course of action doesn't work. This is the way we have to approach these elections. So, the Republican Party, which, you know, now now I'm Don Quixote shouting at the windmills because this is what I want to see. I want to see a nimble, agile Republican Party that has a plan for this, that gets out there and tells the electorate, this is what we're going to do. And then you got to have the attorneys for the Republican National Committee. They've got to go and they've got to go to court and make sure this is something they can do. And this all needs to be done right now, this minute. Because what, what do we hear from the left all the time? What do we hear from the left all the time? Uh, we can't disenfranchise the voters. So if the left succeeds and they were to put Trump away and somehow or other he just could not actually execute what he's, you know, what he's been elected to do as the, as the, you know, the, the nominee, then we need to have a plan B. Now, the other thing we need to understand is that any one of these guys that has their hat in the ring, there can be something happen tomorrow that all of a sudden they zoom to the top of the polls. It could be Ramaswamy. It could be DeSantis. It could be Hutchison. It could be Scott. And I will vote. I will vote for somebody in the primary, and I will vote for whoever wins the primary in the general. That's the way it's going to boil down to. Because I'm looking to win. It is my hope, and you know this is the back to the chaotic uh, <laughs> screaming at the windmills. It is my hope that these guys are taking this serious and they're looking at this. Some of these Nikki Haley, I mean, she obviously doesn't want to win. She just keeps taking her heels that she walks around in all the time so so proudly and shoves them right down her own throat. She doesn't know how to read the room. Scott needs to get a little more tough. He needs to get out there and not, you know, stop stop relying on the system to run its course. Get out there and make the system. Be the system. Don't get out there and say something's broke. Give me a solution. I think Scott's intelligent enough to do that. I don't know if he's going to do it, right? DeSantis. Okay. He's a strong second right now. He has dropped in numbers. All he really has to do, though, is just stay alive in the race. Now, if you listen to some people on Twitter, he's gone. He's done. He's out. Vivek is the best out there right now, and he's doomed, too. Everybody's doomed in the face of Trump. This is a narrative to drive these people out of the race and make people think that Trump is a done deal. This is called controlling the narrative. This is what any good election campaign tries to do. They try to control the narrative. But when you're trying to set the narrative and you're trying to sell the narrative, it helps if you're not spewing a bunch of total nonsense because people aren't going to accept the narrative nowadays if they, if they know they're being lied to. And right now it's a lie to say this DeSantis or any of these guys is done. Right now, based upon what we see, which that has nothing to do with the general election, um, they say that Trump can only get half of the Republican voters. I, 
I don't believe any of the polls. You should never believe any of the polls. Ever, ever, ever. But how has DeSantis even started with this? He's raising money. He's not spending it on legal fees. He's tightened up his, uh, his campaign, focused it. And this is five months before the first vote. And this is a primary race. It's not a Twitter popularity race. What you see in the polls is not what's happening on the ground, okay? And it's going to have nothing to do with what happens on the ground when the actual voting happens. So right now, who's active? The activists are active, and those aren't polls of activists. These are polls of regular people living regular lives who say, yeah, I like Trump. Trump's getting a raw deal. And it's about name recognition. They haven't looked at Ron DeSantis. They haven't looked. You know, they get out there, they're going to say, well, listen, he was over there partying with Paul Ryan, drinking drink, drinking cognac out of George Soros's shoe. He's one of the Bushes. He's one of this. He's one of that. All you got to do is look. He's doing exactly the opposite of everything they say he is. So we have a bench, and that's good. We have a deep bench with depth. A deep bench with depth. Is that even grammatically correct? I, anyway, all this huffing and puffing and everything, just steal yourself for this. We don't need a coordination. There's no easy day on this. We got to go in hard. I keep hearing about how all this gun crime is up. No, it isn't. Because I can read. And I'm going to read to you some things just to dispel this notion Based on, you know, based on the reaction we saw with the balloons popping, I think we need to get this out in the open. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Here's the thing you have to understand about what you're hearing in the news about gun violence, quote unquote. This is robbing you. It's robbing you and it's not doing anything productive. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 Nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is seven one three zero seven. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and the podcast, of course, available with the Odyssey Free app. Right now, in twenty twenty three, they are claiming via the Gun Violence Archive, which is actually just some very innocuous stats that they put out there, and then they sort of uh, shape them to fit the narrative. The, the they have claimed. Uh, 1,768 people have been killed or injured in mass shootings this year in, you know, but actually when you look at the active shooter type, see what happened at the mall the other day with the balloons, somebody thought that was an active shooter. They've done such a good job of running up and uh, spinning people up to the active shooter. That if you hear one, everybody, if you think you hear one, everybody panics, right? First of all, panic in the face of an active shooter is never a good thing. And second of all, uh, you, you see what happened here. So this is all based on this misinformation. Of that 1,768 people that they claim were killed in mass shootings, 38 of them were actually active shooters. And, it, you know, I'm talking about the type of Audrey Hale or a mall shooter, for example. The remaining 1,730, well, they don't match. <laughs> they don't match. And this is what this is doing is it's a premeditated uh, dominant narrative to get you to think 
that there's all of these shootings are happening just all over the place all the time and shooters are deliberately targeting innocent bystanders. But the legislation that they propose to address those 38 cases don't touch the remaining 1,730. So, two major profiles of mass shooters come out of the analysis. Pre-planned targeting of public places with little security and a large opportunity for mass murder. Subsequent investigations reveal these shooters had ideological motivations and a history of mental illness or a criminal activity that escalated from an altercation often in a public place. That would be a gang shooting. So there's two kinds of mass shootings that are prevalent. Gang shootings and then the true rampage killer, which is very, very rare. Very, very rare. So this has been manipulated, and you guys believe it. As of today, and well, excuse me, as of July the 1st, right? 9,380 gun deaths, 18,335 gun injuries, 335 mass shootings, 471 children shot, 2,789 teenagers shot, 569 incidents of defensive gun use, 799 unintentional shootings, 12,012 suicides. They put the numbers up and they look at the, so the rampage killers are in mixed in with the gang shooters, which the rampage killers probably total less than 10, the actual shooters themselves. Most of the other shooters and most of the children that are shot are gang affiliated. Most of the teenagers shot are gang affiliated. The 799 unintentional shootings are people that are caught in the crossfire. Now, it's not about the tool. It's about what we got in place to begin with. We need more aggressive policing, more aggressive incarceration, more aggressive prosecution. But we haven't seen that in the last three years. These guys look at anything where a bunch of innocent people gather. The, the real rampage killer is looking for a target of soft prey. Which is what everybody that was at the mall thought they were that day when all of those balloons were getting popped. Now, there's not one mass public shooting this century that would have been stopped by any of the laws that they proposed to do this. You can go after the FFLs. You can go after the you know, private law-abiding citizens. You're not touching any of the stuff that actually happens out there. If you want to stop, quote, gun violence, then you're going to have to go into gangland. If you took the three cities that have the most gun violence out of the United States, out of, out of the numbers in the United States, we would be somewhere at the bottom of the pile nation, worldwide. We got a few overachieving cities that just do it. They just make it happen. So while you're out there, when you are out there shopping and you hear something that sounds suspiciously like gunshots, look around and 
look, you know, if you're in a mall, go into one of the stores. Because of that access hallway, go to the back of the store, ask the person there, can we open this, please? I'm getting out of this mall. There's no law that says you can't be in those access hallways. No rule as far as I know, because I used to roam those all the time when I was delivering to the mall. So, those of you who panicked during the mall balloon popping incident and you thought there was some uh, faceless, unknown, rampaged, evil killer there that was here there to kill you, they don't happen as often as you think. And they're not as evil because if you face one of them, if a gunfighter faces one of them, if, and when I say a gunfighter, I'm talking about a guy that pulls a gun and gets out there and gets ready to engage this guy. Most of the time, that guy's wilting like a like an orchid under acid. Because they're looking for soft targets. They're not looking for targets that fight back. Targets that fight back take them away from their, from their appointed task that they've decided to do. Uh this particular day they're, they're going to be they're going to be big oh my gosh they're going to be so big everybody's going to know my name or audrey hale i'm you know i'm a victim too let me kill these children so i can show my victimhood so bear that in mind a lot of you have, just like with everything else, a lot of people have fallen victim to the narrative put together by the press. All so they can try to keep people that are never going to break the law at all from having a gun. That's the whole goal, just to take everything away. And, you know, when there's no guns, guess what? Next up is the buffet of crickets. You can have crickets, you could have ants. Maybe you would like some locusts with chocolate sauce. Oh, that car, well, you don't need it anymore because we're going to put you in a place where you don't even have to walk outside. And everything you're going to have everything you need and anything that you want, well, we'll talk about it. Don't allow yourself to be herded into an emotional state by a bunch of guys that are trying that, that, that are just making things up out of whole air. Go look at the facts yourself. Go look at the facts yourself. I carry a gun everywhere I go. Do you know what the odds are that I'll ever use it in self-defense? Probably really high. Probably about the same as being attacked by a great white shark out on Woodruff Road. High odds. High odds. So, uh, you know. I saw that and, you know, I'm, I'm still hearing about the story. I'm still hearing it in the news. And I'm hearing how everybody was, uh, you know, just panicked over this. I get it. Okay. But don't be sheep. Be, be educated. How about that? Canada, you know, you t we're talking, you know, suicide is an unfortunate theme I seem to be on today. And, you know, we, we keep hearing about it. Canada has a solution for you if you are feeling suicidal. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. It is a rare occasion when somebody who's having suicidal thoughts seeks self-help. It's an opportunity at that moment. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, when you go to somebody, if you go to somebody and you're seeking help with this, it would be nice if you got it, right? 
try not to have those kind of thoughts in Vancouver. Because Vancouver, despite what you may hear about here and all the stuff we got going on here, Vancouver is the suicide capital of the world now. And it's absolutely ghoulish. This is a, it's like a snake oil, they're like snake oil preachers with the Brill cream in their hair and the shoe polished black hair and you're looking at them, you know they're 70-something. Uh, they, it's dystopia with a smiley face. We get this on Twitter. A Canadian woman seeking help for suicidal thoughts was reportedly told to consider medical assistance in dying by the staff at the Vancouver General Hospital. The clinician advised the woman that wait times to see a psychiatrist were extremely long. So, what you... See, that's stunning. That's stunning. To get out there and say, well, listen... Yeah, you can get on you can get on the list to see a psychiatrist, but it's going to be a long time and you might kill yourself anyway. We could do it and make you really comfortable. Nowadays in Vancouver, if somebody has suicidal thoughts, uh, they're likely going to send you into a room where somebody will be running their hands over a nice, you know, cherry wood ca casket going, you know, you will be interred in the most luxurious of of, of tombs, right? Suicide service with a smile. So here we have this female who's looking for suicidal help, has suicidal ideation. Um, you know, some of these cases arise and it has something to do with what's just gone on in your life, right? What's just gone on? You lost all your money due to the recession. Your, your wife left you and took everything, and you know, all this. All kinds of different things can bring this. And this is, uh, you know, this is something where the mind gets in there and plays this trick on you to make you think this is the best course of action. Which, the problem with this is when you come, when a suicidal person comes to that conclusion, they're happy because they know they're going to end this very, it, this is going to end, this is going to end. So when somebody comes out there and says, I'm having these thoughts and I'd like a little help with this, we should take them in. We should have the specialist waiting on them. We should make them comfortable, sit in, listen to what they have to say. Sit there and give them attention. Don't let them be alone. This is about a mental illness. It can happen to anybody and it can be resolved especially if it's about depression. But in Canada, there's a shortage of psychiatrists in Canada and here in the U.S. as well. And uh, I, you know, why, why is that? Why, why is that? Why, why do we not have more psychiatrists? I know that a lot of people get out there and they say, oh, well, if you're a psychologist, you're not a real doctor. Is that why? Because they're not looked upon. And I know some some people look at psychiatry as some sort of a voodoo thing. But listen, what we got to go that way. This, is a, this, this young lady has a name. Catherine Mentler, a first-year counseling student. She told the Globe and Mail she went to the hospital in June to get professional help to treat her chronic depression and ongoing thoughts of suicide. She is 37 years old. She was shocked when the, the clinician asked her if she considered MAID. Told her the, psych, the time to see a psychiatrist is extremely long due to Canada's broken medical system. This is medical care. 
in Canada. If a friend showed up at your door with suicidal thoughts, what would you do? What would you say? What would pop in your mind to say? Your friend comes to you and says, I don't want to die, but I keep thinking about killing myself. What are you going to say? Carbon monoxide poisoning? Here's some pills. But in Canada, a doctor will look at you and say, I can cure your pain forever with this one little shot. In 2021, a 47-year-old Toronto woman suffering from severe anorexia was encouraged by her psychiatrist to research medically-assisted suicide in 2021. This poor lady weighed 92 pounds, and her anorexia had made it difficult to perform a daily task like carrying groceries and doing laundry. She said, every day is hell. I'm so tired. I'm done. I tried everything. I feel like I've lived my life. And she decided she would rather die than recover and gain weight. A 33-year-old paraplegic woman and single mother of three similarly announced she had applied for assisted suicide because it was easier to access than the support services she needed. They've made it to where the best choice they can make is to kill themselves. That is... uh, That is... The biggest of evils I've ever seen in my life. Canadians have always been very proud of their government-run healthcare system, and now it has just turned into a death death squad. And, uh, you know, they don't have the best interest. This is not the best interest of their patients. This is a government that embraces the happy and the healthy and encourages to pay their taxes to keep the system up and running. But people that, you know, once their youthfulness to the regime is exhausted, they, they're looking to get rid of them. It's Soylent Green. People who are sick, disabled, mentally ill, or poor are drains on the resources. And this is better. This is a better way to handle it because we're all socialists. We're socialists. Socialism always works this way. It promises the moon and delivers an airless vacuum of despair if you're not useful or compliant. Our healthcare system is broken as well. Too much paperwork. When I was... <laughs> I saw this and I just thought it was hilarious simply because of the way other things shook out that I'm never going to talk about on the air. But when I was uh, when I was in, uh, in critical care and then I was in uh, surgery and then I was in the ICU till I woke up, I was charged every day, I think, 20 or $40 for a roll of toilet paper that I never used. I wasn't even able to get out of the bed The system, the system is way too meshy. There's too many layers. Government programs are never compassionate. They're, they're trying to be efficient. That's all it is. Right now, our president is spending more money in Ukraine than he is here in the United States for any sort of disaster relief. Uh, thanks for showing yourself, sir. I appreciate it. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I'm, I'm looking at the text line. I'm going to talk about that. The text line is good today. The text line has been very good today. The GS Plumbing Talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. 
uh, streaming live, if I actually push the buttons on uh, the WORD Facebook page. There you go. And what I just have, something just popped up. What I get? What I get? Oh, okay. That's not something I need. Anyway, podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. So, on the text line, they charge so much in the hospital to cover the cost of all the people they treat that don't pay a dime. I work in healthcare, and the folks getting a free ride are bankrupting the people who have to pay. Bill, abortion, COVID, low testosterone, and men plus Kamala Harris talking about population control in the name of climate change, and now Canada killing people instead of treating mental disorders. It all ties together, don't it? The elites are trying to get rid of as many of us common folks as possible so they can complete control of what's left, which, you know. Anyway, I find that interesting. Now, somebody asked me this question. I'm going to go ahead and answer that now. Later on, later on, this month, I'll be doing a remote at Upstate Warrior Solutions, and I'm going to be attacking everything that hurts the military. And I get, I got asked this. Uh, could you say a few syllables about the fallen 13 military heroes in Afghanistan? Why wasn't Trump's safe exit plan used to evacuate military personnel? Will Biden be tried in a military court of law for their deaths? Um, all of that and more, starting when I, I'm, I'm going to be doing some things with Upstate Warrior Solutions here very shortly. Uh, because in this area, in this, in this broadcast area that we find ourselves in, uh, I want to see a difference for the veterans of the United States. Because far too often, I, you know, I, I, I was approached by a guy one time. At Falls Park, he just wanted some money because he said he was hungry, and then he said he was a veteran. And then he showed me his VA card. And I knew when I gave him some money that I was uh, probably giving him money for liquor or drugs. But I did give him some money. He was of an age where he might have actually served with me when I was in. So what do you say to these guys? What what, do, what you know? What, what what do we say to these guys when uh, and veterans now have suicidal thoughts too. Lots of veterans have suicidal thoughts, and Upstate Warrior Solutions is doing something about that. And they are making a difference in the lives of veterans because veterans are very productive members of society if you catch them in the right way and put them in the right position. You got to put them in the position to be successful. And the only one that's willing to do it, it isn't, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this right now, okay? It isn't the government that does it. Any young man from my time or before or, uh, you know, we were told a bunch of things. None of it ever came true. We were told we were going to get this and that and the other. For the various things that we did, in exchange for the various things that we did, and all we see is red tape. 
I'll give you an example. This is a fun example. So with Upstate Warrior Solutions, I uh, they're, they're taking me through the process and they're onboarding me so I can see what that's like. And so far it's going swimmingly. But then we went to the part where I had to get the DD-214. The DD-214 is basically a picture of your time in the military. It lists a lot of things, your awards, your schools, your time in, your time out, your, uh, your, your uh, discharge, whatever it was. It lists all that stuff. And that's your, that's your proof of service and you need one. So when we went to get one this time, and they did it, the the letter I got back said, uh, we can't find any record of you. <laughs> so now now I have to answer a few more questions for them. I guess that they didn't have enough in there. And I, I've, got, I've got all the documentation they need. I have a 214 somewhere. I just don't know where I put it. I hate having to keep track of pieces of paper. I really need to digitize more things in my life. That's one of the that's one of the uh, missions I'm going to take on though. I'm going to do what I can when I can to make it better for for veterans out there. And hopefully see veterans make it better for everybody else. Cuz veterans can emphasize with all manners of misery. We know them. We know how to get over them and overcome them. <sighs> that's enough ranting for one day, isn't it? I'll see you guys in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.